in, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Help on the Way podcast. I am your co-host, The Game, here with my fellow co-hosts, Knob and Fig. Say hey, boys. Hey, boys. Hello. All right. Before we get into the main event this week, which is September 12th, 1973, Williamsburg, Virginia, William and Mary Hall at the College of William and Mary. I feel like I've said William a whole bunch in that one sentence. Um, but before hey, we get to it. that, and <laughs> Mary. before we get to the main event, uh, we are going to dive into our Channel 6 segment. Uh, and this week, we can finally give you Dead & Company reactions. We talked about it last week. Oh, yeah. It's endless. Yeah, All those yeah. things happened. <laughs> You know when 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 John and and Jeff mouth kissed, I yeah, couldn't yeah, believe yeah. it. I couldn't. I, I, I blushed. I blushed. <laughs> did we get close to any of them? Were any of them ever even? Uh, yeah. Oteil did set two naked. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. There's that um, banana hammock that he was wearing. The rumors were going around about what, um, about um, foolish heart rumor. Foolish heart. Uh, and, dear Mister Fantasy. Well, that happened. That was that the big. That, no, was that, wasn't, our, that, the wasn't, that wasn't on our list. No, <laughs> I feel Ours like we had tons of plausible. steel. Yes, tons of steel. Tons of steel. Which to be, <laughs> which to be honest, I I know you really can't compare, dear Mister Fantasy, to tons of steel. It's but not, tons of steel is incomparable. Who who <laughs> would have thought they would have pulled out their Mister Fantasy? It was a wild. It, uh, I mean. To me, it felt like if they were gonna tip their dip their toes in the water of doing a Brent tune, at least one that he uh, sang, uh, "Dear Mister Fantasy" felt like the obvious choice because a lot of the other, like "Blow Away," "We Can Run," they're all great tunes, but they're gonna be a little bit harder vocally. "Dear Mister Fantasy," especially at being Steve Winwood, yeah. makes it a little bit easier because yeah, it's like a cover of a cover, essentially. Yeah, and and Billy Strings does it, or at least he did do it with um, with Billy and the Billy Kids, and the kids. Yeah, famously. Because that that is one of my like probably top five, I would say, dead songs. It's not really yeah. a dead song. Um yeah. but in my mind it is, right? Um Dead Experience. The, yes. And the fact that they and the fact that they I, I always thought it was too, and then I saw those videos where it was like Jerry plays with traffic. And I was like, What? What is traffic? And I was like, Well, well I should probably know this. What got me? It shows up in Avengers Endgame at, at like the beginning of the movie, and I just remember thinking, "This is a weird Grateful Dead song to pick if you're going to pick anything." Uh, and then I went home and felt like a fool. And then it but, went into uh, "Hey Jude" after that, right? Yes, a little the, um, instrumental. Yeah. <laughs> I think the fact that they did that, and that because f- it's like I like Foolish Heart too. Yeah, and, and I don't know if it's just like I maybe I never realized like how many dead songs I like that Dead Company don't play, but like Dear Mr. Fantasy for me is a big one, and yeah. the fact that like that can happen like yeah, there's again, some magic in that the bus tour, and and the fact that like I, okay like when I go to Philly and I say some stupid Brent bust out might happen, it could happen. Yeah. So it's like it's like that's kind of all back, um, which I wasn't expecting um, at all this tour. Um, 
I don't really have um, any direct show reactions. Um, out of the three shows, in my opinion, Dodger Stadium um, is th- was the weakest of the three, um, in my opinion. Um, and again, like we're rating three shows here. Um, but probably Shoreline Night 1, Shoreline Night 2, and Dodger Stadium would be my ranking. Um, and my only observations, really, of this tour, besides the Dear Mr. Fantasy, um, is A... Billy looks great. Yes, Billy's having a blast. I was very worried about, about Billy with the and Bobby looks good too. But Bobby looks with, phenomenal. But with Billy's health scare, mm-hmm. yeah, that's good. And and everything and um, because even like after the tour, there was a couple times he posted and it wasn't exactly you no know, like rainbows and butterflies. Uh, but he looks great. Uh, he looks like he's having a blast. He's on social media. Uh, way more now. Always posting on Instagram, giving out miracles. Um, so definitely Billy's having a blast, and O'Teal. Um, yes, I don't. He's got know, a new lighter base. Yeah, I don't know if I realized how much not fun he was having um, last year on tour with his back. But yeah. you, but you get like his whole everything. Yeah. is a thousand percent different this year he goes on instagram live now before the shows they are a treat he it's just like oh my god like he's back um other than that kind of everything is the same for me right now um three good shows i thought dodger stadium was the weakest um and i'm excited for more brent bust outs uh knob what have been your thoughts on dead and company so far in 2022 Ooh, I've been enjoying. Um, it was definitely, I thought it was a stronger start than I think I was expecting um, from the Dead and Company. Um, there's still, I hate, I mean, you know, I hate to like whine about this because at this point, you know what you're getting yourself into with Dead and Company. But then they play Shakedown at the tempo they play Shakedown <laughs> and you just want to shake them. You know, like it's who's doing the shaking here, the band or the audience? Yeah, there's just like a couple, and it's not a lot of songs that I feel like strongly about. But once in a while, I'll throw there was the U.S. Blues from Shoreline that I was like, "All right, guys, this is like half the speed we do this song at." Um, But I'm really enjoying. I like the bust outs. Um, They've been messing around with the set list in general. Uh, They, I think it was Shoreline Night Two. They start one of the sets with "Cold Rain and Snow" and. They'd never even put that song in set two, which was cool. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I appreciate that they're fucking around and doing some nice new stuff with the material. I'm excited to see them continue to be weird with it. All right, Fig, what are your thoughts so far on Den Company 2022? Uh, You're not going to get many, uh, because (laughs) being out west and uh, having uh, two kids under five, um, you know, 10 o'clock is uh, prime going to bedtime. Uh, but I did, I did catch the first uh, couple songs of of each of the um, of the shows, and my overall reaction. And like, I don't know why this was hitting me, but Bobby looks great. I mean, he just looks phenomenal. Yeah. And I that know, was, like, um, before Dead yeah. and Company, he was having some you know issues in, in his life. So it's great to see him looking so healthy, and it's amazing that they're all still doing this at their age. I mean, like, these guys are not spring chickens, but they're they're all still kicking and doing great. So 
that's my major reaction. Um, I did catch because I needed to see the Frankenstein monster of um, the Scarlet China Rider Fire. Yeah. So I did catch that. And uh, to Nob's point, um, I'm okay with them being slow, you know, because I kind of get it, you know, they're of a certain age. Uh, but when they yeah. seem like they're fighting the tempo, and I felt like yeah. that's what Scarlet was. It was like, get on with the drummers. Like, like you don't, you know, Bobby, just just do what the drummers do. They're they're the lead. They're the tempo. Don't fight it. And I felt like that's Dude, what that's was China going Cat. on. China Cat to me was a big battle between Bob and John about how fast do we want this song to go. Yeah, uh, and that stuff does that doesn't need to happen. Um, but I will say that in our top ten from last week, where we pretended to know what had occurred. Um, I believe Nob said that there would be a debut of Scarlet, Your Body is a Wonderland, Into Fire, and we kind of got a Scarlet Fire sandwich with uh, a win China Rider. Yeah, big win, big win. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, but we cannot we cannot confirm that Mickey was not selling grilled cheese in the parking lot before. That's true, that's true. We were all on oh. the East Coast. We didn't see him. <laughs> so that's up in the air. Um, but overall, I'm excited for the tour. I'm glad the guys are still out there. And uh, let's just move them back towards uh, Eastern Time Zone. All right, folks. So as you heard, we have not yet set eyes upon Mickey in a parking lot selling grilled cheese, but there are plenty of shows left. So we need boots on the ground in these parking lots. If you see Mickey selling grilled cheese in a dead comedy parking lot in 2022, please forward us those spy photos at help on the way pod at gmail.com. And we will make sure to not give any credit for that. Oh, we'll give out a miracle if, if we see it. <laughs> we, you know what? Yes, if someone can actually provide us a picture of Mickey, uh, not serving, Mickey Mouse, <laughs> Mickey, what's heart? His, should we get his full name? His full Mickey like, the Man Heart. <laughs> Mickey, Mickey goddamn if, heart. If there is a picture provided of Mickey selling grilled cheeses <laughs> in 2022, not even selling, um. Just behind a griddle, uh, I can, I'm absolutely well, behind. She's adjacent. Uh, yes, I'm absolutely behind uh, miracling uh, something <laughs> for said person, whoever offers. Um, that would be amazing if that photo actually comes through. <laughs> well, I'll say, if we get a Photoshop of that photo, I will give Reddit gold to that person. <laughs> Not a miracle, but Reddit gold. Folks, Feels like a the- healthy compromise. The yeah. the ante has been upped, so the um the 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 challenge had the gauntlet has been laid. Um. Anyway, bef- uh, once again, before we get into our main event of September twelfth, nineteen seventy three, um, we do want to go into Reddit comments. Now, we do not have any Reddit comments on nine twelve seventy three. However, we did have Reddit comments. On last week's episode, which was September 2nd, 1980, if I believe. Um, so, Nob, uh, since you have the best reading voice of us all, mm-hmm. would you mind go ahead and reading the comment from just a few days ago? No Remember, it this way. <laughs> Remember it this way. <laughs> Before lights went down, Phil was on side of stage under the moose, a banner for the local radio station. Don't remember hearing Phil, just seeing him in one of those sweaters he wears. Went down to the floor and set up in front of Jerry 30 feet back or so. Show starts and an upstate New York crush towards stage begins. Sugar Ree takes me to a place in the galaxy where I was never at. 
By it's all over now, the crowd on the floor had become one unit swaying in tempo to the music. At six foot four, I had an advantage of seeing the top of the grooving, swaying sea of like-minded heads. Upstate New York general admission shows were one of the few places it occurred. Never saw anything like it west of the <laughs> Mississippi. <laughs> By the time Donnie's started, the unit was very compressed, shaking and grooving. It was intense. After first set, I needed a break. Decided to find friends with a little luck. Located them on Phil's side in the stands near stage. There, I was able to breathe normal again, collect my space, and stretch out in anticipation of the second set. Althea was slowed to a crawl and set the tone. Face dropped hints of Ico. Heard it came back a few weeks earlier and thought, maybe... Enjoyable, but tempered. Still very fun. When it ended, had a big smile, and when Dew started, our little section went delirious, inhaled every note to get to a very, very special place. By Alabama getaway, I was spent. How did the boys have the energy for an encore? A highlight in my Grateful Dead history. Thank you, boys. A great comment. And what a great reading by, uh, by Nob. And, and that comment Thank was you. from FG1GN0, which I'm sure are his initials, or that person's initials. Um, I, I liked how that person uh, referred to yeah. Phil as just having one of those sweaters that he wears. And in 1973, yeah. Phil was definitely the sweater guy. <laughs> And big, big, chunky, uh, what's it called? Like, you know, uh, uh, straps for your base. Oh, yeah. Yeah. O'Teal I like when Phil would wear the the pictures of his son on his shirt. (laughs) That was always my favorite Phil shirt. Dad mode, Phil. Absolutely. All right. Let's get into our main event now of September 12th, 1973. That was in Williamsburg, Virginia at the William and Mary Hall. At the College of William and Mary. Uh, I'm just going to go right into the set list here because it's, uh, it's, it's a pretty long show. Um, set one uh, started off with Bertha, Mexicali Blues, Brown-Eyed Women, El Paso, Don't Ease Me In, Looks Like Rain, Here Comes Sunshine, Ramble on Rose, me and my uncle, bird song, Jack Straw, loser, and Big River. Uh, you know what, Fig? Let's go ahead and get your thoughts on set number one. Thank you, sir. Uh, thoughts on set one? Um, mixing issues. Um, the mix yeah. was all over the place. I don't know what was happening. I think we're kind of used or spoiled with Betty boards and the professional releases. Um, but this was one of those times where. It was a soundboard. Um, you know, the, the sound was good. It was just whoever was behind the controls making the sound happen was just fiddling and maybe experimenting, or maybe they're just high and didn't know what the hell they're doing. Um, but you get some interesting results. Um, Brown Eyed Women, I thought, was the highlight of the early first set. Bertha was good too, but again, mixing issues. Um, El Paso, you start getting mixing issues where you start kind of hearing people maybe you wouldn't hear. So. Uh, Keith was very high in the mix. Uh, Jerry was very high in the mix. And then Phil was just doing his own thing throughout the whole time. Um, Donnie's, I liked uh, Jerry and Keith's tone. I don't know if this was how it was recorded or what, but they both sounded very distorted. Like they were both both kind of overdriven, which I thought was kind of cool and really drove the song. Um, kind of gave it like a kind of a grungy sound. Uh, Looks Like Rain uh, was awesome. Um, Bobby Weir with, with the vocals was was incredible. And um, the bird song, again, I never know what I'm listening to. Um, or I never know what to listen to in bird song. 
but I know that there's some bird songs that I like and some bird songs that I don't like. And this was a, a 13 and a half minute bird song that I really, really liked. Um, that's all I got for the first set. Um, mixing issues, but overall decent. All right, now go ahead and give your thoughts on set number one. Yeah, I'll echo that. Um, a lot of the, a lot of my complaints in set one are about the mix. Um, I feel like this is a show I would love to be at. Yeah. Um, and some of the songs just didn't translate well to the tape. Agreed on Phil really shining on that El Paso. Um, similarly, Keith really shown on Don't Ease Me In, but at the same time, you know, it half of that Don't Ease Me In, you mostly hear Keith, so it's hard to really <laughs> recommend it. Um, I felt in general, this first set was a little mellow. Some of the songs were just a little bit too slow for my liking. Um, but the, I agreed the the bird song was absolutely my favorite part of this set. Um, it was brilliantly played, uh, 13 minutes of just gorgeous, gorgeous music. Um, yeah, those are my thoughts. I'm going to, once again, uh, agree with what you folks have just said. Um, I have down in my notes that this was a Dead & Company Grateful Dead show. Um, I was going to say, oh, if, 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 if Bob Weir played Bertha right now at the tempo they played it at in this show, people would be so mad at him. Yeah. Um, well, they'd be talking through the whole thing, so no one would care. <laughs> it was it definitely a very mellow um set one in my opinion a, a complete um show is a little bit more on the mellow side um That's bird song bird song by far um the highlight of set one um this show would absolutely do um wonders with a betty board um yeah. a good matrix anything uh, a couple times the um versions i was listening to i would just lose vocals <laughs> for for some yeah. of it and it really took took me out of the experience um but still good um so overlooking the the mixing issues which the boys couldn't you know isn't their fault uh, as far as you know the audience recordings we're listening to you know 45 years later um but definitely um birdsong was a standout um yeah, and just overall, a pretty mellow show all overall. Uh, and I was wondering, and this is what actually I forgot to mention this at the start of um, reviewing our nine twelve seventy three show. Um, what's interesting about this show, uh, I discovered earlier today, that this was an unannounced show. Yes. Um, they played um, the same exact venue, William & Mary Hall, uh, the the previous evening on 9-11-1973. Um, and when I was reading the archive comments about our show this evening, um, a few of them mentioned how this show was unannounced and that they got in, I believe, for half price. I believe on the, the previous night was $10. I believe the comments said that this night was $5. Um, and lo and behold, when you go look at the 9-11-1973 show, there are a ton of more available sources for 9-11-73. Oh, okay. 9-11-73 has way more listens and views than 9-12-73. Okay, little, so little gem. It, makes, it, it, it wonders me if that this was so like unannounced that 
they just literally didn't have, you know, the tapers they would normally have. The boys were more laid back than they would normally be. Because um, it really does seem like they just announced, like, hey, we're coming back tomorrow at the end of the previous night's show. <laughs> so, um, that that to me, stuff like that is always fascinating because yeah. that doesn't happen today. It's not like right. that company's going to play, you know, City Field and be like, this was so awesome, we're coming back again tomorrow. Like, that just doesn't happen. Right. So the fact that it happened and it was literally recorded that you can hear them making the decision and announcing it to the audience is pretty cool. But anyway, let me jump off of that and get into set number two. Um, I just wanted to add something. I, sure, I sure, just sure. wonder... I wonder how many people were actually in the audience for the show that we're listening to today for the encore show. I wonder if it was actually a much smaller, I mean, clearly, well, that was the guy from last week. Um, I would like to know, like, because there was a point, I think uh, before Casey Jones or maybe after Casey Jones at the end of the show where Bobby says, uh, Hey, thanks for coming guys. And I've never heard Bobby at, like address the crowd like that. Usually he's like very flippant towards the yeah. crowd or like, you know, arguing with them or something. Uh, but he was like sincere. He was like, wow, thanks for coming. We, uh, this was maybe not the best idea. Um, but again, I don't, I don't know if that would happen today. You're right. I, I think this was a definite, you know, just imagine being in 73 and the dead are like, yeah, we'll stick around Williamsburg. We're, we'll go to um, Bush gardens and see the colonial Williamsburg for a day and we'll play again. And, God, just imagining the Grateful Dead walking around Colonial Williamsburg. <laughs> just merry pranksters. Yeah, being the tour guide that has to explain to Phil Lesh not to touch stuff. <laughs> he definitely does seem like someone who's touching every artifact. He's oh, he wants. Oh, he's. Oh, <laughs> man. Oh, he, he, he's got one goal, and it's to touch the Constitution with his bare hands. And he I doesn't even it. care that that's not in Colonial Williamsburg. I touched it, guys. <laughs> touching everything along the way. They're spiking it, their cider whatever they drank back then. <laughs> I had a thought and it's totally gone. And I forget what it was going to be. Perfect for a podcast about the dead. Let me, hold on. <laughs> it's gonna, it, it has to come back, right? Yeah, you got this. Dead air. It has to come back. Yeah, yeah. It's totally gone. I, okay. I totally, thousand percent gone. All right. Hey, let's get into... It sang for a little while and then flew on. <laughs> and and that's, that's what exactly nice. what that thought did. Nice. That thought is gone. <laughs> um, all right. Set number two uh, kicked off with... Um, I don't want to say this is an underrated song, uh, but it's probably my favorite quote-unquote underrated dead song, uh, Loose yep. Lucy. Um, then that was into Then Wrote Jimmy, uh, into Let Me Sing Your Blues Away, um, which I'll get into my thoughts on that here in a little bit. Uh, around and around. Uh, then Eyes of the World into Stella Blue. Beat it on down the line, which I know we're all waiting for. How many beats on Beat it on down the line? Oh my it. god. <laughs> no. Every one of our 12 listeners, I apologize. <laughs> we will make a note and we will correct this major error <laughs> in judgment. I, for I can do week. some research. Go to Nob. Go to Nob. <laughs> um, and then uh, Casey Jones. And then, of course, ended with an encore of everyone's favorite One More Saturday Night. So while Fig does a little bit of quick independent research, uh, Nob, let's go on. ahead and get your thoughts on set number two. I really liked set two. Um, set one, you could kind of feel the energy coming and going as they were kind of warming up and starting, but this set feels hot to me. Um, 
It's a slow, a very slow Loose Lucy, but it's that's on purpose. Um, they were trying this sort of very slow arrangement. I prefer the zippy and funkier version, but the riff is really cool. The vac, the backing vocals are really nice for this slower Loose Lucy. Um, found Ro Jimmy to be really nice. Um, yeah, not a lot of feelings there. Um, I. I, for, I think for the first time in my life, I really enjoyed Let Me Sing Your Blues Away. I've heard this song a few times before as like a gag. Ah, uh, you know, this song. Um, but I I really enjoyed it. It feels a little weird in its vibes for The Grateful Dead. Um, I said this before, but er, to me... Er, so yes, you mentioned earlier today that you felt that this would go into JGB catalog. Like, to me... If Jerry was singing it, to me, it feels like a song that would fit right in on Reflection. You know what this made me feel? Mm. I didn't feel anything. But (laughs) (laughs) I felt, when I heard this, and this, I think this might be the first time I've ever actually heard this song, truthfully. Um, It felt to me like Love in the Afternoon. Yeah. Which is a great song. It just absolutely just was like, because you said that. And I was like, because I didn't hear it at that point yet. And then I was out walking the dogs, and I heard it, and I was like, this really does just sound like Love in the Afternoon. Like, it's not, but yeah. in, my, in my mind, that's where I went. So anyway, continue on with and your two thoughts. Early JGB was so uh, Keith and Donna heavy. Um, yes. Uh, somewhere around here, oh, I guess one other thing. As I was reading through the archive comments... Um, we're not 100% sure this is the order of the songs as they happened. Um, I saw a couple different set lists with a few slight different variations. Um, the one I listened to, the one that we have here doesn't have the weather report suite that happened, but uh, that was very good. Um, it was an early weather report suite, too. Um, only the second or third full Third. One. Yeah, I did yeah. some research. It was the third one, which is pretty cool. Yeah. I liked the horns. The mixing could be... That was probably the only time in set two that I felt the the slight mixing troubles from before. Uh, the horns could get a little overbearing for the, the simpler parts that they were playing. Um, the jams got really cool in that Let It Grow, though. Um, but definitely the first half of that weather report suite was a, a highlight for me. Um, and the eyes was really, really hot. Um, just the jam starting around the seven and a half minute mark where they changed their mode they're playing in. It was killer, killer, killer into a gorgeous Stella Blue. Um, and I would probably say either the uh, the bird song or the eyes into Stella were my highlights of this show. All right, Fig, what are your thoughts on uh, set number two? I'm back. Uh, I do have some thoughts and I, I have a number. <laughs> I have a number. Uh, so we'll get to that um, as it comes. Um, I like set number two a lot. I really did. I thought the show really started with set number two, um, started to sh- really shine. Um, I like Loose Loosely. I think it's a great song. I like it better when they played it in the 70s or 80s or whatever. Um, when Dead and Company plays it, I think it's a little cringy. <laughs> yeah, uh, just about subject matter. But uh, we'll move on. This is not about. This is not a Dead and Company podcast. Uh, Road Jimmy, I thought was really nice i thought jerry sounded great in everything that he did um the problem with 73 for me is i maybe i'm spoiled with the two drummers and and Mm. with and in 73 of course we just have the one and billy's drum pattern it like it just threw me off it was very repetitive it's very metronomic 
Um, it didn't add anything, and it had very little um, variation throughout all of Road Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Um, again, though, I thought it was still the song itself was still pretty good. Uh, Singer Blues Away was interesting. I didn't realize that that was a Keith song. That was something that had escaped me um, yeah, until Knob well, enlightened me. Yeah, which which kind of blew my mind. Um, I think it's kind of like a fun rarity. Uh, I, th- I think it does sound dated, uh, which is you know kind of an exception for Grateful Dead songs. Um, you know, it's a it's a band that you know existed throughout time um, and never really kind of pigeonholed themselves into one uh, one time period. Even though I think the media does focus them into the '60s, um, I think that they are timeless, and that's part of the reason that we're still listening to them in 2022. Uh, but Singer Blues Away, if the band sounded like that they would not be, we wouldn't still be talking about them in 2022. So, you know, that was what it was. Um, doing some research into Dead Bass, that was the third time that they played Singer Blues Away. Uh, and then they came into the third time that they ever played Weather Report Suite. And then I'm not sure about Let It Grow, um, but it was a Weather, Fourth, weather Report Suite. Let It Grow. Fourth Let It Grow. Yeah. So, yeah, so, uh, yeah, so this is all Wake of the Flood stuff, uh, which is really cool because uh, they were recording, I think, Wake of the Flood a month before uh, the show that we're featuring now. So this is all brand new material. And, you know, just like they were on tour promoting their new album, that's what they were doing. Although the album hadn't come out yet. But it was new material. Um, yeah. Weather Report's the whole was... album except for uh, Mississippi Half Step. And then also there was another one. What was it? Uh, Sunshine. Yes. Um, so let's see here. Uh, where, where am I at here? Uh, okay, Let It Grow. No, Weather Report Sweep. Um, was was great. I thought it was phenomenal. I was I was listening to it and I was wondering why Bobby doesn't have more of a why why isn't he considered more of a better guitarist and, and more of a better songwriter? Because let it grow. It, it's just phenomenal and and it works so well with with what the Grateful Dead were doing. Um, they brought I think two horn players on a saxophone and I'm not sure what else. Um, to Trumpet. And trumpet, thanks uh, to give uh, context and uh, color to to the song, which I think worked to a point. I thought uh, at some point they were kind of high in the mix, and I thought that they were kind of emphasizing technique more than actually uh, musicianship and allowing the song to to work organically. Because you just kind of get it some I don't know some crazy horn sounds. It's, um, it started to go. It felt like the horn section had run out of ideas and went back to the well of squeal a lot, especially yeah, it was the squeal. Let it grow. Yeah, it turned into like okay, we're in the basement of a New York City, yeah. blue, you know, jazz uh, jazz club, and we're just gonna you know blow your mind with what we can do with technique. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was great. I, I thought that was a huge highlight. Put a big star next to uh, Weather Report Suite, Let It Grow. Uh, great Billy uh, Bobby songs, and um, and then we get Eyes and Stella, another uh, big uh, star for me. Uh, great vibe throughout the whole rest of the show. And then uh, I did do the research about how many beats we have in Beat It. Does anybody want to guess? Um, eight. Okay. Seven. It was nine. Ooh. <laughs> I win I this round if the Beat It is right. <laughs> no, no, no. You, <laughs> the Beat is right. Is that what you called it? Yeah, I was the closest without going over by Price is Right. <laughs> yeah, I, sh- I should have <laughs> used the Price is Right strategy there. I went, one, I went one, one dollar. Yep. One, one beat, Bob. Um, okay, and then they, they ended with uh, Casey Jones and One More Saturday Night, uh, both good rockers, and it was a great second set in Encore. Loved it. If you ever want to hear a cringe Loose Lucy, just listen to Sammy Hagar uh, do Loose Lucy, and you will hear all the cringe that you ever need to hear. Do I have to? <laughs> 
No. <laughs> <laughs> um, set two, much better than set one. Yeah. Um, I do think if set one had a decent recording behind it, it would probably be just as good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. set two, really good. Um, let me sing your blues away, like I said when Nob was speaking. Um, doesn't fit with the dead at all. Definitely does fit with Disco Jerry, with JGB in the early 70s, though, in my mind, for sure. Um, Eyes of the World and Stella Blue was beautiful. Um, Beat It On Down the Line was great. Uh, Casey Jones and One More Saturday Night were Casey Jones and One More Saturday Night. Um, I will say, uh, uh, game, the the set list that I have up here does not have Weather Report Suite. Yes, I've noticed that. Yeah, yeah, which is very strange because that was definitely featured in the recording. So, what did you think about Weather Report Suite? It was good. Um, yeah, I, I that is not one that gets me yet, huh. um, and I don't know why. Like, I know it's good. Um, it's very I, atmospheric. Like, it's very moody. Yeah, and maybe it's just I've never been in the right mood, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to ever really say about whether report sweet, let it grow. Um, I surely know when Bobby messes words up in uh, <laughs> let it grow, uh, and things like that. But like other than that, I don't think I've really ever heard a bad. Weather Report Suite or Let It Grow. But I've also never heard one that's like, oh my god, I need to start going in and like going on to like the heady versions of find out like which of these songs I should be checking out because I haven't heard before, etc. etc. So um it was good, it was there, but for me it just didn't just didn't move me. Fair enough. And and that's really all I have on um on set number two. Um, I think we are all going to be in agreements um, for this week that we will be featuring set number two yep. um, at the right. end of this week's podcast. Now, before we wrap up and we look at next week's episode, Book of the Dead did this show, 9-12-1973, make your Book of the Dead. Um, I will start off. With this, and I'm going to say no. Um, I do love 1973 as a year. Um, I just don't think that this is the best representation of 1973. Um, So I think we will hopefully stumble across more 1973 as the year progresses. Um, But yeah, this one does not make my Book of the Dead. Um, Fig, I'm going to throw it to you next. Um, I'm going to say no. Um, 1973 is not one of my, you know, favored years. Uh, but there was some really good stuff here, especially set two, which we'll be featuring. Uh, but as far as my book of the dead, I will say no. All righty, knob, book of the dead, yay or nay? See, I think if we had individual sets featured in our book of the dead, I think the second set. <laughs> I just saw that you were writing down everything I said. Yeah, so I'm just um, transcribing it. Good. Um, I think uh, if we were featuring individual sets, uh, set two would be within my Book of the Dead. Uh, but I think set one with its uh, mixing yeah. issues and a little bit more mellow of a vibe 
uh, keeps it from being a yes to me. So I would put it as a no. Yeah, it was a phenomenal set too, and 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 actually makes the set one harder to you know, and it makes this whole show harder to let go of for Book of the Dead. But I will say, um, one kind of aspect of the show that we did not really touch on is the length. I mean, the set one is like. Beefy. I don't know, two like an hour and a half, like two hours, like like they yeah, beefy, like tons of songs, and 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 the um, the the song selection is phenomenal as well. I I think length of show was just like a nineteen seventy three thing. That's true. Like I I, they played a lot and long every night and long. Yes. Yeah, and it's like, like they were stretching out. <laughs> maybe, they, but they had the catalog for it. Like why not true off? Yeah. True. Yeah. You know, but it's, I don't know. And I think, too, like, I think these shows were kind of maybe, um, what, like, um, kind of a rehearsal almost, right? Because they played a lot of the same songs that they played the night before. Um, a lot of those same uh, Wake of the Flood um, This songs. is just true of that era of the dead, though. Like, they've mm-hmm. got, they don't, have, you don't really start getting that kind of, like, no repeats energy until, mm-hmm. like, the late 70s, early 80s when they've got you know, more of the Terrapin Station and, and yeah. Go to Heaven tunes to really flesh out. Different eras. Yeah, because it's, Especially it's not like, like... The Wake of the Flood tunes, you're going to get night after night, you know, one night off of Mississippi Half Step, but I'm sure the show after this has it. Yeah, because it's not like they played their entire catalog here for 1973, but no. they played a good amount of it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they... none of, like, the hippie trippy stuff. No. no, that was no. all the night before. Uh, there was a Dark Jones, Star I too. I wonder if this was... No, I guess it wouldn't have been new. I, it, it, for, for me, sometimes it's very easy to go back in time and like put myself there. Mm-hmm. The other times, it's like, would I like this set list if I didn't know anything else existed in 1973? Mm. I, I don't know. I still think I would, though. I still think I would. Um, anyway, let's go into, or let's wrap up this week's episode by looking forward to next week's episode. Next week, we are featuring the day after Christmas. That's right. December 26, 1980. It's a Friday night in Oakland, California. Um... Oakland and the Grateful Dead is one of my favorite shows when Jerry came back from the coma um, and they played Candyman. Uh, I know this is not that show, but whenever I hear the dead in Oakland, that's what my mind always goes to. Uh, But again, next week we're looking at 12-26-1980. It's a Friday night in Oakland, California. Uh, And looking at the set list here real quickly, we got a Lost Sailor Saint and a Scarlet Fire, which is pretty nice. Um... Ooh, I like yeah. the set one, Althea, Cassidy, Peggy O. Um, those were uh, those were three of Jerry's girls right in a row. Um, yeah, nineteen eighty is uh, you know as we talked about last show, uh, quickly becoming one of my new favorite years, if not my new favorite year. So uh, this is after Warfield. This is after Radio City. Um, gosh, they it, did a lot nineteen eighty. So it'll be interesting to see what they how they're wrapping up, and then a day after Christmas, like. What are they thinking? <laughs> and and by oh, this it's point, it's the Siva benefit show. And and by up. this point, the Brent should be in the band for what? Just about a year, right? About a year and a half at this point. Yeah. So, uh, they're definitely starting to uh, 
to um, form together. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to listening to this one. This one, uh, big time. This one gives Plain me some hope. And... Yeah, this one gives me some hope. So anyway, bass are played. Rarities. We're... We're going to go ahead and wrap up for this evening. So once again, please make sure to smash that subscribe button and like and share this podcast uh, in or on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on. Uh, You may find us at wherever pods are downloaded, but not one that rhymes with Totify. So if you are a user of a app that happens to rhyme with Totify or Tanker, you or Tanker, you won't find us there. However, you will find us everywhere else. You may also find us directly on the web at helponthewaypod.podbean.com. You may email us directly at helponthewaypod at gmail.com. You may find us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash Grateful Dead and my Twitch channel, which is currently on hiatus till summer tour is over, uh, is at twitch.tv slash the GD channel. We will be relaunching that channel with a new set list on July 17th, 2022, which just so happens to be the day after the Dead Company 2022 tour is over. Funny how that all works out. So, once again, next week we are featuring December 26, 1980. Um, and thank you all for listening very much. Uh, Fig and Knob, do you have anything else to say to the millions of people who are tuning in to listening to our every word? I uh, hope you enjoy the show. I hope you enjoy the Den and Company shows. Have a hope you had a great Juneteenth. And uh, enjoy it. Uh, to quote Phil right after Let It Grow ends, spontaneous emission of energy can happen anywhere ah. at any time. And folks, we ain't going to beat that. So thank you <laughs> once again for listening to the Help on the Way podcast. <laughs>
shall we say, shall we call it by a name? Well, look out the angels dancing on a pin. Water bright in the sky from which it came. And the name is on the earth that takes it in. Well, that's faith is standing by the rain. Listen to the thunder shout. I am.
short break, and we'll be back in a few minutes here. goes to show that spontaneous emission of energy can happen anywhere at any time. Entropy notwithstanding. Moving my feet 
of its own. 
Sometimes we live no particular way but our own. Sometimes we visit your country and live in your home. Sometimes we ride on your horses. Sometimes we walk alone. Sometimes the songs that we
It all rolls into one Oh. 
just crossed
Thank you all. Good night.